0: saw it down so she could rest. She lit a cigarette and asked which podcast I liked.
1: And welcome to a mini-sode of Sometimes Dead is Better. And it's me, Kristen. And me, Chris. What we're going to do is usually we watch a movie, full-length horror movie, and then we, I try to apply a true crime to it, but we're going to try something different in a mini-sode. And so we're going to watch an episode of television, and I'm going to try to tie a true crime to it. And so what episode did we choose and what tv
0: show well yeah what tv show did we choose is um, probably the better question so i'll answer it okay it is uh the x-files which um i think we both agree is our favorite show of all time one of
1: them definitely one of them yeah i mean the
0: oc (laughs) (laughs) this is the x-files um the x-files is uh, definitely my favorite show of all time but i imagine it's at least one of yours too definitely and as far as You know, The X Files is usually called or characterized as a sci fi slash horror show. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
0: But the episode we picked, obviously, is a straight up horror show with, you know, very little sci fi in it. And there's no sci fi in it. No. Just straight up horror. And if uh, if you're an X Files fan, you probably guessed the episode it is because it's, you know, sort of infamous. So which one is it?
1: Home. (laughs) So Home aired October 11th, 1996.
0: I was 16 years old.
1: I was 13. Oh. So X Files was very near and dear to my heart as a youngish kid. It really was one of those things that helped me get through some of the hardest times in my life. Uh I had a really hard eighth grade. And how old are you in eighth grade? I guess I was like twelve. Thirteen. Okay. So X Files and E R and the no doubt album Tragic <laughs> Kingdom were like real and, and Conan O'Brien were like what really got me through. So, I would watch X Files on first, it was Friday nights. Yeah,
0: I, th- I was just thinking about that. I think this air would have been a Friday night episode.
1: And then they moved to Sunday nights yeah. later.
0: Around this time, but it was like not, it was definitely after this, I remember. But this it was, something was not th- done well after the Super Bowl. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> but it was something that was very special to me, and I actually kept it to myself. I'd watch it alone. I didn't want to tell my family about it because I didn't, you know, he do not want to bring them in, and then what if they ruin it or if they don't like it or. But eventually, they saw I was watching X-Files all the time, and they got into it, and they ended up loving it.
0: Well, do you remember um, what was the first X-Files episode you saw? Like, what kind of brought you into it?
1: I mean, I want to say Squeeze. Okay. I want to say it was—
0: Like, when it first aired, maybe? Because you may have got into it before I did, then. Well, I think we may have at least a similar story, because I remember being 13, and it was, uh, you know, the first season. Mm Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing an ad in TV Guide, like a full-page ad, for something that looked spooky. So mm-hmm. I decided to watch it. And it was the episode um, Fallen Angel, mm-hmm. which was, you know, an alien one. And I remember thinking at the time, well, this is just kind of a rip-off of Predator. Oh. Because it had an, inv- an alien that was invisible. But at the same time, it had this cool alien abduction hook mm-hmm. that I had not really seen before. And I was 13, so, I mean, obviously, I, th- I thought it was amazing. Uh, and then I kind of made uh, a point to watch like every episode after that Mm -hmm. and then i remember watching one episode it was another alien episode one um the one with the trailer in the woods i'm sure that i was watching out of order um where the little boy's sister gets abducted it doesn't matter
1: well you know now that i'm thinking i know i definitely must have watched so season two was that the one that ended when Mulder found the train car oh, in yeah. the desert. Okay. Yes. So, yes, I, I, I think I might have been watching it from the beginning because okay. I remember yeah. the season finale of that and being like, shit, I got to wait the whole summer? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I remember that. So, I watched it from the middle of season one and then kind of went back and saw those, I, I suppose, and then was you know pretty much straight up the rest of the show. But I do remember you know very similarly just watching an episode in the living room. And my mother kind of like, you know, what is this, Chris? You know, and then there's a commercial break and my dad was like, we have to go get dinner or something. And she goes, no, I want to see what happens. Oh, yeah. That's the that's, six. That's what 13 year old Chris thought. Oh, And then they dug up the grave. And <laughs> um, so yeah, it was kind of a weird family show in a way, pretty much from the beginning.
1: So I, now I'm thinking maybe my family got in on it by because this was season four. And I wonder if they would have gotten in on it by then.
0: If I want to, if I remember right, season four is like when it became like a cultural kind of hit. Hmm. Like it was kind of always kind of popular, you know, or at least a cult show. But at some point, maybe when we moved to Sundays. You know, they had a big Super Bowl episode. Mm-hmm. And then it just sort of, you know, exploded. So that, that would make sense if it was around this time. I mean, we were much cooler. So we watched it earlier.
1: Yeah. Oh, but then so the X-Files was also a big um, connection for us, I think. When we moved in, we wanted to, we watched it on DVD. We yeah, both loved right, it. That's and, right, yeah. Um, I
0: had all the DVDs. Mm-hmm. They were gigantic. I mean, they were <laughs> so big. <laughs> but they were, that was a big thing back then. I mean, I guess they were smaller than, like, whatever corresponding VHS. <laughs>
1: That's true. <laughs> it
0: would be. So it, it seemed small. But... but,
1: yes, you'd open it, and they'd just fold and fold out and yeah. fold out. And you'd have tons of discs and the bonus. And... I mean, we
0: were just playing with the Blu-rays, and it was like it fit in the palm of my hand.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. So. But I had a friend named Melissa, and she... Was the only other friend I had in middle school who had who liked the X Files? Well, she was one of my, like a three friends I had in middle school. Let's be honest, but, <laughs>
0: but of those three, she yeah. liked the X Files.
1: <laughs> she liked the X Files, and I remember we go to her house and we watch. Uh, because she had taped them off the TV, she had a on VHS, and we would watch rewatch episodes together, and that was fun.
0: I remember I would go over to my friend Cade's house. And we watch it at sleepover parties. And I remember he at one point kind of looked at me and kind of whispered, "Like you know, I think I've been abducted by aliens."
1: Oh my gosh! <laughs> and we both
0: took it very seriously. Like that was just a thing that could have possibly happened to like you when you were thirteen. You know, like you couldn't discount it. You couldn't. No, well, I mean, you didn't know because your memories would be wiped. Oh.
1: So I guess any
0: time you would have, and actually, oh, that's a whole other thing. But one of the, you know, one of the theories about alien abductions is that. You know, one of the main symptoms is that you're paralyzed, right? But mm-hmm. like you can't, you know, move and you're powerless. Well, there's actually a sleep condition that does something similar to you. Right. So there's an explanation for the mass UFO abduction phenomena. It's just whatever that whatever that sleep symptom is. So that's probably what Kate had.
1: Well, have you seen that documentary, The Nightmare? No. Oh, it's about sleep paralysis. It's very scary.
0: Does it talk about UFOs?
1: No, but it talks about sleep paralysis. Oh, okay. <laughs> And don't
0: waste my time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it's still very scary.
0: So why did we pick a home for this episode?
1: Well, like you had said earlier, it's one of the more clearly straightforward horror episodes. Yeah. Even some of the other horror episodes that we maybe want to do at some point still have a little bit – might still have a little bit of sci-fi element or a little bit of supernatural. But this really has nothing except maybe they're stretching the uh, genetics – a little bit much.
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot of the other horror episodes, they're still kind of in the realm of maybe like sort of weird science kind of episodes. Like, yeah, there'll be monsters, but it's, you know, there's a like scientific explanation for them. Mm-hmm. So even that's still kind of on that sort of sci-fi trip. This one's just, you know, straight up monster movie episode.
1: Right. This was, you. I mean, we, they said banned, but...
0: Yeah, let's talk about that. So I was just looking at – um this is an infamous episode because, you know, even in the marketing materials to this day, like if you get the X-Files Blu-ray, which I did, it talks about, you know, the infamous banned X-Files episode. Right. Boom. And, I mean, yeah, I, they aired it once, and they didn't air it again for a couple years. But is that really that unusual? I mean, like, just because you don't rerun something, does that make it banned? Right. And then they did air it, and they would, and they would air it like on Halloween or on the FX channel. And they would say the infamous banned episode. And this is like a year later, <laughs> so I, I always thought that was a little bit of a, I mean, fine. I guess maybe to some extent they thought maybe we don't air that one again. But that's different than, you know, an active man, Right. You know, if, if that means anything. But that's, you know, that's a great hook. Uh, and, of course, you know, we we just watched it and about halfway through we're like, yeah, this – to the extent it was banned, there is justification yes. for this because this is some crazy <laughs> yes. shit.
1: Well, and then I also was reading that it was the it was the first X-File episode to get a viewer discretion warning and the first TV episode to get a MA rating. Oh, really? But that must have been later. Like, oh. would they re-air it or something? Because we didn't have ratings, right? At what point did that – come in
0: I, I don't remember I, I I mean I guess around that time I remember the, those coming up when I was around that age I suppose I, I, did I say I suppose <laughs> I <don't know.
1: laughs> um and so this was a a kim manners episode and she or he did a lot I always think it's a girl but it's yeah, not he
0: died a few years ago
1: oh yeah I think I remember hearing that but he it did down, but... he did quite a few of the classic episodes
0: yeah he was he, I think he even did like in, in the original run I think he may even direct like the last episode he was like the whole way through and
1: and so this episode starts out in does it say right away home Pennsylvania no, I think that, that's later, later but, but so we see the that. creepy house that's yeah. raining and we see those these clearly deformed people right and so we were also like we when we were rewatching it they're holding You can. I mean, they're not trying to hide it's a baby you see his hands
0: yeah there's um, a baby crying although it sounds kind of you know, like maybe something's wrong with it.
1: But I thought I read somewhere that they, when they originally aired it, it didn't have the baby cry. I,
0: I think what it is is that the the baby crying, you even hear it in the unedited version as they're bearing it. Oh, okay. So like it, it's up to the last second. Which is the version we watched, it's just kind of crying at the beginning, which is you know not at all unsettling. <laughs>
1: right. Or seeing it's POV. Right. right. Under the dirt. Yeah. Right. Um, But so
0: the crying, I I've seen the unedited version. and It is over the top. Is it? Yeah, it's just okay. We get it. (laughs) It's just genuinely upsetting.
1: But so why? I guess we'll get to this later. But why did they? Did they just know it wasn't going to survive?
0: I think so. Yeah. Okay. They, you know, because you know, Scully said, you know, riddled with abnormalities. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I. Oh, Mulder. (laughs) In the closet. (laughs) Um, But yes. So they, they looked, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that was all my we're,
1: we're essentially Mulder and Scully.
0: Yeah. I think the idea is that they're sad about it, or at least the, you know, they, they show that third guy that's kind of crying, and I guess the idea is that he's the at least thinks he's the father, although right. they kind of say maybe they're all the dads. I don't right. really
1: understand that. Well, yeah, and so it seems, why didn't they keep it in the house or bury it on their own property? It's just... I mean, then they kind of go back to like, well, they're they're simple-minded people. <laughs> yeah. But then again, they they sure can jump in a car yeah. and head over to the sheriff's house. Okay, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. But so we see them bury the baby. Yes. And then it goes to the best credit sequence ever.
0: Oh, yeah. The X-Files credits. Yeah. So um, this episode is about um, the Peacock family, mm-hmm. which um, you pretty quickly learn is a family of inbred hicks right? Uh, that sort of occupy a corner of the town in an old house and they're they're kind of known and the kids are scared of them and it looks like they're having babies somewhat frequently but you don't quite know you know with who or what all you really see are the three do they show the female the beginning or they just show the the guys
1: no i mean they show someone giving birth
0: oh that's right okay yeah so yeah you know someone is there although you, right. don't, you don't know who so that's kind of the the hook so far so once we get past the credit scene scenes, we get to what I think is a pretty clever opening, which is uh, a home plate.
1: Oh, did you get see? that? <laughs> you get you get everything. I was just thinking about the Sandlot.
0: Well, no, it's a home plate. Yes. You're wrong. and then it says the words, you know, the the famous. I, don't, I think you call that a cryon. No, what do you call that text that rolls across the screen?
1: Oh I, fuck, if I know.
0: Okay. Okay, well, the famous X-Files text, it usually says, like, you know, Alabaster, Alabama. Right. Or, you know, whatever. It just says... Quantico. Yeah. So it just says... Yeah, it often says Quantico. Um, So it just says the word home, which you think, oh, they're now doing, like, the title of the episode as... But then it continues to spell out home, I think it's Pennsylvania. Right. So I think that's, you know, like a triple joke. (laughs) Right. It's pretty clever.
1: (laughs) Which we'll get to the jokes later.
0: And, of course... uh, also, I mean, the episode is named "Home." They say the words "home" about fifty times throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of hitting this theme pretty hard. They're clearly establishing this idea of a sort of Mayberry type of atmosphere.
1: Well, they're very they're pretty obvious with that, right? Yeah. His name is Sheriff Andy Taylor, right?
0: Yeah, I think that's yeah, that's Andy Griffith's character. Andy I know. Taylor. So
1: yeah. it's like it's not even just Andy. It's Andy Taylor. They even they even call it Mayberry at one point. Right.
0: right. They make
1: another. um What's the sidekick's name?
0: Barney. Yeah, Joe. It's a different last name. Yeah. Right. Um, so the episode opens. You have some kids on home plate. You know, the kid is kind of digging the home plate with his foot. Uh, to his surprise, there's a there's a dead baby under the plate. It's a pretty <laughs> you know. it's a pretty gruesome. Uh, it's pretty shocking. Yeah, they show the little baby's hand. Little baby's
1: hand. Yeah. Up
0: from the you know maybe you just want to play baseball. Oh god. <laughs> He's trying to catch it.
1: Oh gosh. Yeah. He put uh, a little glove on it.
0: <laughs> that would be great um so then it cuts to and i guess you know the kids were freaked out but it cuts to molder and skull they're there um
1: molder's messing around yeah he's having a great time
0: but this is a thing okay he
1: sniffs the baseball
0: as an X files fan I, I used to always like to figure out well not when i was a kid but as an adult i would always try to figure out how in the world they had jurisdiction they have right because as i understand it the FBI only has jurisdiction over like interstate matters, or right. crimes occur between different states, kidnapping. Kidnapping. Federal jurisdiction has to be invoked for them to be there in the first place. But about halfway through like the first season, they kinda of just gave up right. on that because they have to get them there. They can't always sit there and explain, like, you know, what their federal, you know, jurisdiction is. I would have loved that.
1: Well they um, gave once some sort of explanation like in sheriff andy was do. like and
0: yeah, this one they this do.
1: one's just too hard for me i don't really yeah know. i don't what think they,
0: that's how that works but right <laughs> it's it kind of fun to, to be together but about but even like 20 minutes the episode they're like i guess we have jurisdiction now it's like they're already there Right, they, they, they got their business expenses they're i mean it makes it's a fun game to play <laughs> so oh. mother skull are there scully's uh you know i guess they they haven't dug up the baby yet
1: yeah, there's just a hole.
0: Yeah, okay, it's just a hole. So and she's
1: looking around, and he's playing baseball. Right. And then they go back to the sheriff's office, and they take well, a look at the. Bait. They
0: meet the sheriff there, right? And that's when they find out his name is Sheriff Annie Taylor. Scully's already made the Mayberry joke, just insult. I mean, they've been in a lot of small towns the past couple of years. I don't know why they're suddenly so. They're so, so rife with commentary on, like, small-town life all of a sudden.
1: Right, comparing it to their big city life.
0: Yeah, they're hardly even in the big city. Right. They're, they're pretty much always in small-town. They're in the woods, the whole show. Right. So I have a lot to say about this episode.
1: But, yeah, so then so they meet the sheriff, and then they go back to the station, and, and he pulls the baby out of a refrigerator. Just yeah. a regular refrigerator. you
0: got to keep it somewhere. I know. Um, and then there's a sad scene where they take the baby into just a- storage closet
1: i think it's a little bathroom
0: a ba- oh it's a little bathroom and scully says oh i need a little more elbow room here which is a weird way of talking about doing an autopsy <laughs> um you know gotta get the scalpel out
1: <laughs> maybe Mulder could step out yeah. i don't know
0: but then he makes this comment like which i think is somewhat thematic with of the episode which is like oh well you know this is a small town people walk by and i don't want to you know they don't need to see this and she's like well can't you just lock the fucking door it's like, oh, no, we don't lock our doors here. Which kind of gets this whole idea of like, right. they're kind of doing themselves in a little bit. They're doing themselves like, great as a great disservice. Just be practical. Lock your doors. Right. You're, the place you're in is no different than anywhere else <laughs> that modern Scully have been. Right. Big or small town. It's a false premise this guy's operating under. Right. And, he, you know, I think that's kind of what kills him. Yes. But it's set up kind of early. And always and so like, what? You know, like, <laughs> just lock the door. No, we don't do that. It's a small town. It's just—it's—it's it's nonsense.
1: Yes. I couldn't be- believe they actually showed the baby. I didn't remember that. You see, like, its hands and its feet deformed, and, and then Scully just gets really excited.
0: Yeah. Time to do an autopsy, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, another interesting thing about this episode, if you think about it, is, you know, the whole idea of the X-Files released back then, they kind of somewhat loosened it as it went by. But, you know, Scully's a skeptic. Right. And Mulder just believes in anything and everything, you know, he reads or right. sees. <laughs> they don't really have that in this episode. There's no real, you know, they both kind of agree. Yeah, it's probably that family in the, in the creepy <laughs> house. I mean, Mulder has a hat-pick theory about, you know, how the incest happens, I suppose. But even that's like, you know, Scholar's just not really having it. But yeah, it's, it's incest, it's them. Um, so that whole dynamic, you can actually watch that episode all by itself and not even really get the whole X-Files Mulder Scully dynamic.
1: Yeah, there, I mean, there is one joke that Mulder makes about her second-guessing.
0: Yeah, which you but, wouldn't really get yeah. if you didn't see the rest of the show. It's like,
1: that's not very nice. Yeah. Why do you say that? Yeah,
0: she's perfectly pleasant the entire... You know, she doesn't even second-guess him at all, I don't think. No. So she, they do the autopsy. I guess it's not like an autopsy. she's just kind of <laughs> <puts> she's the <laughs> baby a little bit.
1: <laughs> she's like, let's send this off.
0: <laughs> puts it in the mail. <laughs> And then they uh, go outside and, you know, as an X-Files fan, this is, uh, we were talking about this earlier, but Mulder kind of gets in this, Mulder and Scully get in this conversation about, you know, how could this mother or whoever mm-hmm. treat this baby this way? And there's this line, I think Scully says, or no, Mulder says that, you know, they just threw away like trash, but they revisit that line in that episode in an episode called Home Again in season 10. right? Where Scully wonders if she threw away her baby like trash. Right. She actually says that line, so I'm thinking oh, wow. that's how they... Because it's written by the same guy, as mm-hmm. called Home Again. I think that's like a, well,
1: Well, I remember when they, that title of that came out.
0: Yeah, people and assumed And people were
1: was, assuming that. But, but no. I think
0: it was just thematically right. linking back to that. Because I, I think this is the first episode where they really get into this idea of Scully just needing to be a mother <laughs> for some reason. Right. Because otherwise, you know, what is she even doing?
1: Yeah, I mean, she's not already a brilliant right. doctor and a brilliant... FBI agent and smoking hot but she really needs a baby
0: yeah and it's played a little bit you know it's not quite there yet in this episode it's you know Mulder brings it up and Scully really doesn't even comment on it Mulder says some line about I never imagined you as a mother
1: but then later he also calls her like thanks mom some joke yeah. like that
0: but again she doesn't really react and then Mrs. Peacock says you know basically you don't understand shit because you're not a mother and she's like okay you're a goddamn monster right. <laughs> So she's not really. This isn't anything she's putting on herself, right? Thankfully,
1: they're putting on her.
0: Yeah. So it it kind of only seems problematic in the larger, you know, ten year or eleven year, whatever it is, run of the show. But on its own, it's you know, it's it's fine. But it is interesting if you've seen the whole show and you kind of know where they go to see them planting that seed, you know, that early.
1: Right. Then they decide to go out to the peacock farm, even though everyone told them not to. Yeah.
0: Well, they have they have to ask some questions. Why do they go out there?
1: Because, like they said, they were like, "Well, they're they're right there; they're looking at us. We probably should go talk to them." Oh, right, right. Yeah. And the sheriff's like, "No, no." There's not a
0: real mystery there. I mean, yeah, it's them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they like threw the baby over their fence, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> But they kind of go and they don't. They they find some evidence and they get in a scrape, but not. There's not too much. They call in the plates of the car that is on the property, and so that kind of leads us to the next horrible scene. The three bros, they hop into their Cadillac, and they're playing that song.
0: It's called "Um Wonderful," right? And it's a—I just actually googled this recently. It's a Johnny Mathis song, but Johnny Mathis read the script and he's like, "Absolutely not!" <laughs> yeah. And so it's a cover, you know, just some random. I don't even think it's a well-known cover song, but it sounds like a, you know, a period. It's probably re- recorded nineteen ninety-six, for all I know. Right. Um. But yeah, so it's a. It's called Wonderful Tonight. And actually, the first lyrics are Sometimes We Crawl, which is kind of creepy. I and mean, yeah. it's a love song, I think. Yeah, those are the only lyrics to write down. Oh, OK.
1: Because
0: <laughs> they're the creepiest, I suppose.
1: Yeah, but it's such a, it is a very happy. Uh, and it's also, I guess, it's supposed to be sort of like a 50s type sounding song. So you're thinking about a small town, everything's safe, even though things in the 50s. We're bad too.
0: Yeah, I always kind of like to think it was just like the last tape they had in their car, like you know, because they're you know they're kind of old timey themselves. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they just had like an old eight track in there, and they never really changed the station because it was playing later when they you know. Yes. When they escaped. That's all they have. Yeah.
1: Right. They kind of make them seem like they're these simpletons but then they like they all like spryly jump in the car yeah. and know exactly where to drive yeah. to. I think it's
0: cute they even turn like the headlights on and they're all like in the front seat. Yeah. Uh, they're being you know uh, you know they're obeying the rules of the road. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but then they go and then they make a very clear scene of uh, the wife not locking the door. Right. Which again is going back to the
0: And before that you have the guy in, with his wife Sheriff Taylor and mm-hmm. his wife and he's sitting on the porch and he's You know, staring off the distance, she's like, what's wrong? And he's like, oh, I'm just – I want to take one last look before everything changes, which is a nonsense comment because, like, again, he's operating on this assumption that they're in this, you know, perfect community and somehow there's this outside world where they're from, you know, the city folk, that's, you know, corrupt and weird and, you know, where all this non – all this, you know, evil is going to come from. Or, you know, one of the points of the episode is like, well, the evil is already there. Right. It's in the community.
1: <laughs> Over the fence.
0: Yeah, it's just right there. They've been there, like, for 10 years, apparently.
1: Longer than that. Generations. Oh,
0: generations. Yeah. yeah. And there's no distinction. You know, Mulder and Scully, you know, this is one of those things that always bugs me about, you know, when people say this and generally, like, you know, there's the this idea that, you know, the country or, you know, the flyover country, that type of thing, the red states are somehow – you know the real america the pure right. america the good america and then like these sort of big city coastal areas or the east coast you know that type of thing is somehow you know just crime ridden and corrupt and where all those societal problems are
1: but yeah I, I do hate that and i and i hate when people say back in the day you couldn't you could do that and let your kids i was just listening to an episode of case file you listen to that podcast no it's wonderful it's, it's, the, it's one I I,
0: what, what it's <laughs>
1: and it was in 1955 these three children disappeared they were abducted and they they talk about it like back then it was you know you could let your kids go to the beach by themselves but don't do that it doesn't even matter for 1955.
0: yeah we we could do that now i, mean, I couldn't lock my <laughs> door now i left it unlocked all day yesterday i got home and it terrified me but i was fine so it's probably the same thing as like in the 50s you could do that it, you know it may not have been wise you could let your kids run down the street with, you know, whoever, you know, and they may have been murdered, but they probably wouldn't have been. So anyway, that whole idea, you know, I think the episode is, you know, kind of, it's kind of a satire in a way. It's kind of, you know, they get punished, you know, that's a mean word for what happens to them. I'm not saying they deserve it or anything, but that sort of, you know, um, almost negligence, you know. Lock your doors. And I think you made a point. Yeah, it probably would have mattered. Maybe right. it would. They're morons. Maybe they can't open doors. door. Are they, though? Well, they can drive a car.
1: So, all right. So we'll go back to the scene. So they they come in and Sheriff realizes right away that that's the stolen car that Scully had just told him about. So he puts it together and then they're in trouble. And then the brothers come in. Also, if there's a car parked out in front of your house with the lights on and the doors open, I would think that would be no matter what. Yeah. With the music blaring. They're not
0: very subtle about it.
1: I guess there is a bit of supernatural because they seem to be superhuman, like, with strength. They're very, very strong.
0: I just chalked it up to, so like, you know, the incest.
1: But wouldn't that make them weaker?
0: Yeah, I guess.
1: So they have, like, all these genetic abnormalities, but then they also somehow have developed this super strength. And so you didn't notice that they have, like, the, that those animal senses, like, whenever they... So then they come in and they they just push... Sheriff Taylor off like a fly, beat him to death, which is terrifying. And they start sniffing. They Go, Pfft, <laughs> yeah. And then they flip over the bed and.
0: I guess they never really noticed that, but yeah, that, that's 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 true. All right, so what do we make of the fact that and I almost hesitate to bring this up, but Sheriff Taylor and his wife are African American. Right. What do we do with that? Do we just do we breeze right by that? <laughs> because in an episode that's sort of loaded with um to me. This sort of southern kind of, and it's not even in the south; it's in Pennsylvania. But the mother mentions the war of northern aggression, and we know what that means, right? They're Hicks. Uh, there's this whole idea about I don't, I don't even know what to do with it. I, if there's something there, right? Uh, maybe we just edit this whole part out because I'm not going to really go anywhere with it.
1: Well, but, I was wondering that too. There, there was it was never addressed that that was an issue in this small town.
0: No, it's it's completely uh, yeah. I I agree. It's not text; it's subtext, right? I mean, I don't, and I don't know what. I think it's maybe just supposed to be maybe a, a bit of irony that, you know, but if so, it's very, I don't know, it's cynical, I suppose. But it's there. And I don't quite know what to make of it. But, I mean, other than you can't ignore it. And there's, there is there's something with that. Right. You know, other Sheriff Taylor, Annie Taylor, the protectors of this sort of community. And they are killed by, you know, three basically, you know, Confederate rejects. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> For no real reason, I suppose.
1: Right. Um, anyway, I mean, they're, they're, so that's that... there two kids. <laughs> so then they go and find the bodies. And yes. They, and the the young uh, buck cop guy. Yeah,
0: and that scene made me kind of stop too, because you kind of wonder about Modern is just daily work life. Like they just met these people. They had to work with them. I mean, imagine like you go to work one day and like, hey, I'm Kristen. Oh, these are my new co. And the next day, there's murdered. Right. And then you have to like clean up after them and like, and they seem very kind of nonchalant about it. Um, that's got to be really depressing. I don't know. Right. But they kind of just play it off. But they have this moment. They discuss, you know, yeah, it's definitely the Hicks up there that we just talked about, and I don't know how they're uh, inbreeding, but they they sure are.
1: <laughs> well, they get the they get the DNA test back. On the baby, as if they didn't already put this together. But then they said they need to go right away because they there could be a woman who's right, in yeah. trouble there. And so yeah. they said they're not going to wait for backup; they're just going to go together. And then the young guy says he's going to go with them too, which still doesn't seem like a good idea.
0: No, but I mean, I guess they have to have some backup. But it is kind of fine; they have to have some reason for them to get there quickly. So there's this idea of okay, well, there's probably like a hostage or something. It's kind of a, I don't know, it's not really that convincing. Like, it seems like they should just wait for right. a lot of FBI folks, but, right. but whatever.
1: Well, I guess they are in rural, in a rural area.
0: They're in Pennsylvania. I mean, like, it's not that far from D.C. That's C. true, that's true. I mean, they can get Skinner there, Krychek. <laughs> <laughs> There's all kinds of people they call. burita Kurovivius.
1: <laughs> but so the three of Mr. them X. go.
0: <laughs> just the whole squad. <laughs> Can you imagine that game of telephone? Like anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so what what happens next?
1: They go out to the farm and they um, surround them, and then this is this is where it gets it got a little weird for me. So like uh, the young cop goes in and falls into one of their booby traps, he gets an axe like to the neck.
0: Yeah, it's quite a booby trap.
1: It's pretty graphic, and then the next scene is like them like, well. He's dead. Let's. What are we gonna do? And then that's like like some of the best jokes from the X Files. I remember them making me laugh then, and it still made me laugh. Boulder does his joke about being aroused by the pigs, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> and then Scully makes the babe joke.
0: Yeah, which I wonder how. I mean, I, I guess people watch this all like on Netflix and Hulu or whatever. And do people get that joke? I guess they actually say in the dialogue. My nephew watched Babe, so I guess they can confer that she watched a movie called Babe and that's where the joke's from. But right. do people know that movie anymore? No.
1: that I think that particular reference, I don't think they get. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember getting it, obviously, at the time because yeah. I'd seen Babe. It was the, a huge movie. It was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. It was a big deal. But I don't think now you'd get that. I think you would get a Babe reference if you mentioned like Babe the Pig, but not that specific. I don't right. even remember that. No, yeah, I, I now that I watch it. So it was just very odd that this is like, this is like one of the most horrific X-File episodes, the most. Most people think, and it's it's like littered with jokes, which is very interesting because like usually like the X-Files episodes are there's always jokes, but the, the 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 show the episodes that are clearly more humorous are all humorous, like Humbug or or Jose Chung. And this one's kind of like, and you think, what well, like, if they're going to, it is do in
0: between. Yeah, like I it, almost wonder if, like, they figure, like, we've gone like so far in one right. direction that we may as well just, you know, put it all out there and not, and it kind of, you know, maybe it makes it easier to digest because, like, sort of this heightened, uh, well, not realism, but you know, it's clearly, it, make, it makes it seem, you know, you know, it's not like you can play any of that straight. I guess is kind of what they're.
1: Yeah, at. but maybe the producer was like, "Look,
0: yeah, this isn't Millennium. You, <laughs> <laughs> we haven't shot that yet. So
1: <laughs> you need to add some more molder jokes. Yeah, a babe joke.
0: That could be. Yeah, they, then they,
1: maybe we'll let this. Uh,
0: what I like to imagine is there's a rough cut episode with none of those jokes, and so some executive was watching, like you know, the baby murder, kind of scratching his you know his his chin.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like
0: let's have a babe joke. <laughs> yes,
1: that will even things out. Right. If we just even the scales, then we can. Then you can do it, yes.
0: Yeah, to Do a little one-liner in there.
1: Yes. They release all the pigs, which is a diversion for the brothers to come out. And they go into the house, and they're still...
0: And again, this kind of makes me wonder, like, how dumb are these people? I mean, they're they're well-versed in livestock. I mean, they're, they're raising pigs successfully. Mm-hmm. They have these fantastic booby traps. I couldn't do these booby traps. No. I'm pre- I mean, I think I'm pretty smart. I would be all day. We, I mean, we barely set this microphone. <laughs> I mean, they have, Can
1: you imagine if we were trying to set this microphone up to kill someone? No.
0: They have like Indian and Jones little booby traps in their house. I mean, three or four of them. I mean, it does kill like all of them. Right. <laughs> so maybe they're not that smart.
1: <laughs> they somehow thwart these booby traps as they go through the house and then...
0: But I always think when they get there and like that's kind of the end. But then they discover the mother. Yeah. And so, and I think that's like the most, you know, like you were saying earlier that this is kind of the scariest episode. And I suppose it is. But even watching it now it's not like it scares you in this sort of I don't know like jump scare kind of you know paranormal activity way. Mm-hmm. It's just more um to me like unsettling and disturbing yeah,
1: it's more disturbing yeah. yes.
0: and so when they show the mother, Mrs. Peacock, who you know spoiler is the mother of these of these folks, it's um it's really upsetting. you know she's disfigured, she's missing all of her everything limbs. yeah
1: <laughs> so they discover the mother by finding the tracks on the floor. Right. And I think that she's the victim. But then it, it we find out, as they keep showing the picture of Mrs. Peacock, that's Mrs. Peacock. Yeah. That's the mother.
0: Scully says, she's already she... home, Mulder. Yes. She's been home this whole time. <laughs> home, 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 home.
1: <laughs> Mulder says, home? This is her home?
0: Right. And the mother has this line, I think it's around this time, where she says... This is our home, and this is the way it's going to stay. I don't mm-hmm. know if she says that to Mulder. Oh, she says it to her kids before they show up. So I think that's sort of the log line of the right. episode. You know, so that's where the sort of, I think, kind of satire comes in. They they see themselves as like the sort of you know, protectors of the status quo in a way. Like, this is our home. This way, thing's going to stay. Sheriff Annie Taylor thinks the same thing. Right. The two can't coexist. That doesn't really make sense. You know, there is no such thing as a safe place. Right. Yeah, it's like they have they kind of have opposing views of the way the community should be. Obviously, I don't think Sheriff Annie Taylor, the African-American, would want the community to to stay in the way where they use phrases like the War of Northern Aggression. Right. (laughs) Things like that. There's this idea that, you know, I don't know, maybe— I just don't – I don't know what to do with the racist angle on this episode. I'm sorry.
1: There's. There's got to be something to it, though.
0: It's there. It's there. Yes. That and then
1: the, been... there might even be some more jokes after that, aren't there? After
0: or... the – they find the mother? Well, there's the Elvis uh, Presley.
1: Yes, the Elvis Presley. Yeah. And then also – so he finds the paper, and and then later, whenever he closes the door, and she's, he says, she's not going anywhere. <laughs> he doesn't say it like that, yeah. but yeah,
0: – And I'm not sure that's supposed to be a joke, but boy, did I laugh. <laughs>
1: So then they come in and then and then it's just crazy. Yeah,
0: that's the the big uh, sort of action scene set piece. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you know, not really worth talking about, but booby traps galore.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Guns Scully firing. Scully
0: jumps over one and it's pretty cool, but I'm not sure does she mean to or does she just sort really of trip. I don't know. She kind of jumps over one, and then the other guy lands on it and gets, like, an axe to the skull.
1: Yeah, she but yeah. she empties her gun into another guy? Oh,
0: yeah. She she fires off her gun. She
1: does not mind shooting that gun.
0: Yeah, I think—I I actually thought about this. I, I, she's killed, like, way more people than Mulder. She's killed
1: I, a lot of people. Yeah,
0: with that gun. And mostly because she's almost always in, like, mortal da- danger. That's you know, true. Uh, you know, men. <laughs> right.
1: They get two of them. And they realize the other one's missing. Yeah,
0: and like space like five minutes to look down. He tracks out the door. I mean, it seems like that was pretty quick, but.
1: And also, I don't know if it would cause tracks. Yeah, well, can he just
0: pick her up? I don't know. Does I he like know. scratch? I mean, is he like pulling her out as all this is, is happening? That seems a little silly. But uh, that
1: scene always reminds me, like when he finds the, they follow the tracks, under the floor. I mean, under the bed. It reminds me of Seven. You know, when he sees the tracks on the floor, uh, and it's yeah. because he's moved them. the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, so the, he uh, gets away with the mother.
0: He does, yeah. And they play the song again because it's on his, you know, either his tape deck or his 8-track cassette thing. Or, and uh, I think she says something else about, uh, you know, we're going to make a new home. Okay, so this is a new thing. We're going to make a new home, mm-hmm. which, you know, they're leaving. They're, you know, they're invading some other space. Mm-hmm. And they're going to, you know, presumably upset some other person's idea of home.
1: Were they doing it in the back of the car?
0: Oh, well, well, I never thought about that.
1: <laughs> Why else was he back in the truck with her?
0: I thought they—well, God, I just thought that. Well, gonna, he was
1: talking about making a new home. They were hiding. I thought that that they were doing it because he's—they're trying to make more family.
0: I've never thought about that, but that's like a way more upsetting inning than it. So I always imagine it as sort of a hot, out of sight type scene. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> Yo, Brian, Brian and I just watched that again recently. Who's Brian? Oh, that's my husband. Okay, we've
0: probably talked about that on the podcast before.
1: Maybe, and it's still super hot. It made me have feelings
0: for uh, George and I Clinton. Both of them. Do you, have
1: it, you seen? You know, she's almost fifty. Have really? you seen pictures of her? No. Yeah. My God.
0: Maybe yeah. I know. She's gorgeous. She is.
1: Uh, well, so that is home.
0: Yes. So if you have any um ideas on the obvious racist subtext, the episode, please. <laughs> You know, slide into our DMs. Is that a- <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're so old? Do we
0: have a DM? Is that a Twitter thing?
1: I think it's any direct message thing. Uh, okay, yeah. They never go back to that. You know, it seems like that's one of the few episodes where they set up something that maybe we could come back to this story because they get away and maybe we'll find their new home, but they never come back to it, right?
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean that's not unusual though for that show. There's. Unless there's an alien episode, they typically don't go... Oh, yeah, okay, there's well, mean, Yeah,
1: they did tombs, and then yeah. they... Uh...
0: But that's about it, right? Oh, yeah, well, there's the pusher guy. There's a few. Yeah, you're right. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. anyway. Not sure what a home part two would look like. It seems like more of a thematic episode than a... You know, again, even Mulder and Scully are particularly interested in the story of it all. They can, they can figure it out pretty quickly. Um. So it just seems like, you know, the writers of the episode, uh, James Wong and Glenn Morgan... Yes. Uh, I would just argue they had a lot on their minds that week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's still a very scary because we just watched it and it's still scary and disturbing. Yeah,
0: it's a disturbing episode. Yeah.
1: And then they finally get to go back to their big city living. Yeah. In their crappy little apartments. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, Mulder has a crappy apartment. Scully has a really nice
0: apartment. Yeah. But... but even man, they're not in the city. They do they live? They not live in D.C. Mulder, Scully lives in Maryland. Yeah. I don't know where Mulder lives. He might live in the city.
1: Oh, but then something else is like you know, he says something about how someday he wants to live in a place like that. Yeah. But in the and in the movie, he does end up living like, out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and the new show,
0: yeah, the new mm-hmm. the new series is still out there. So yeah, he got his he got his wish.
1: Hello there, Kristen here. Thank you so much for listening we want to invite you to come join our facebook group sometimes groups are better there are a lot of cool people in there we talk about the movies chris and i review new horror movies coming out true crime pop culture it's really fun we would also be so grateful if you would go on itunes and subscribe and rate and review or subscribe on whatever podcasting app you use it really helps us to be seen by more awesome people like you and we want to continue to build this great community. Also, follow us on Instagram at Sometimes Dead Podcast. We'll post pictures of the drinks we're drinking or pictures of the true crimes we're doing. While you're there, follow Gabby Watts who does our amazing theme song. Follow her band at Gabby Rotts G A B B I E R O T T S. And remember, sometimes dead is better. So that is one of the first X-Files episodes. I'm sure we'll do more.
0: Yes, we'll we'll have to um this will be just a, you know, at some point x X-Files podcast, I suppose.
1: Probably. But in keeping with our theme, I did research the true crimes that influenced Glenn Morgan and James Wong in this uh episode. Okay. So there was one in, one particular story that they mentioned. Have you heard of the Charlie Chaplin story?
0: I th- this this does sound familiar.
1: Okay. Um, well, then I'll just tell you again. I, I don't
0: that. remember it. So
1: Charlie Chaplin wrote this in his autobiography, which, I put, which you called them back when then. They weren't memoirs, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so he says when he was a touring teenager. In his band. It, in a troupe. He was oh, acting. Okay. He They stayed in a small country town at a miner's home, and the miner told him he wanted to show him something. So he took Chaplin to a kitchen cabinet and opened it up, and a man with no legs crawled out. Oh, my God. In Chaplin's memoir, he wrote, A half-man with no legs, an oversized, blonde, flat-shaped head, a sickening white face, a sunken nose, a large mouth, and powerful, muscular shoulders and arms crawled from underneath the dresser. Hey, Gilbert, jump, said the father, and the wretched man lowered himself slowly, then shot himself up by the arms, almost to the t- height of my head. How do you think he'd fit in a circus, a human frog? Can you imagine saying that?
0: No. I like how we call him wretched, though.
1: (laughs) I mean, and so that's obviously, that was one thing. But then, so another thing that um, really influenced them was the 1992 documentary, My Brother's Keeper. Have you seen that?
0: I've not seen that. I don't think I've seen that.
1: And so do you know who did that? No. Okay. Was well, it's it's Joe Berlinger and Bruce Sinofsky who? Oh, was... the Paradise Lost. Yes. Fall. Okay. Maybe I've seen that. They also did the Metallica. Oh, right. Documentary, right. Oh, which Kurt. was. <laughs> <laughs> um. so this was obviously before that. This was 1992. You might have seen it a long time ago.
0: Yeah, it, it sounds like maybe I've seen it, but I couldn't talk about it.
1: Well, I will tell you about it because I watched it. Mm. It's on um, Netflix. Well, so this is a story of the four Ward brothers who live together on a farm in their upstate New York home. These guys are country. I mean, like their house is dilapidated, cluttered, run down, and it's interesting. You could hear flies. This is the documentary. You could hear flies buzzing around, like similar how they went when they went into the Peacock's home.
0: does the documentary take place like while they're still alive? Like yes. Do they interview them? Or? Oh, so yes. They, okay.
1: It's very interesting. Uh, so they live with no heat, no indoor plumbing. They have their own livestock, similar to the peacocks. Do they so the-
0: raise their own? Do they raise and breathe their own? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> if you catch my drift.
1: I what does you. it say? Something like that. Yeah. And so the four brothers are Roscoe, Delbert, Lyman, and Bill, which I think are great names. And so in nineteen ninety, Delbert, who was fifty nine at the time, is arrested for allegedly suffocating his older brother, which is called fatri- fratricide. I know that. Yeah. I always forget Oh fratricide.
0: Yes. Like frat. Yeah, like fr- okay. Yeah, I knew that.
1: You knew that. You were a fucking lawyer. <laughs> they but uh we were talking
0: about fratricide.
1: So Delbert and Bill have shared a bed their entire life. Bill is They're the- brothers. They're brothers. Uh, but they live in a small house. Bill is sick. They Someone mentions a vague, a vague uh, chainsaw accident. <laughs> I don't know. They don't ever come back to that again. They later mention that a cow stepped on his foot. So he always had pain in his foot. He had stomach aches. He had headaches. Apparently he wasn't doing well. But all of these men, like, well, so guy, the guys in this movie are, like, in their late, 50s, early 60s, but they look really old. I mean, they spent their whole lives working a farm. So they probably have a lot of issues. They wake up one morning and Bill seems to have passed away. They call 911. The coroner comes out. It seems like it's a natural death. But then they do an autopsy and the police start investigating. So this is where it gets kind of weird. They have a coroner who does an autopsy and he claims that it looks like there was suffocation involved. He uses some sort of big terms like there's spots on the bronchii and things. And so they bring in the brothers and Delbert has like an IQ of like 85. And they start interrogating him and eventually he confesses. But Delbert, again, has an IQ of 85. He cannot read.
0: So was it a valid confession?
1: No. Yeah. He doesn't even understand needing an attorney. He signed papers that, and again, he can't read them reminded me a lot of Brendan Dassey, did well, yeah, you? Yeah,
0: and also Paradise Lost with um, yeah. the third kid that.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, did you wa- have you started the Making a Murder season the two? New
0: one? No, no. Uh,
1: I started it, but it was just it's so much detail now. It's like now they're getting into the nitty gritty. Yeah. It's just like.
0: And also, I felt like I have to go back and watch the first one because mm. it's been a couple of years and like I don't necessarily remember all the details I feel like I know need to know to compel me to watch more of it.
1: <laughs> right. So they arrested him. But the other brothers and all their neighbors claim that he he must have died naturally. There's no way Delbert would do this. And they actually, the whole little, it's a tiny little town, just like home Pennsylvania. It's not that many people. They raised the $10,000 for bail and bailed Dilbert out. Um, And so what the attorney got him to confess to was to say it was a mercy killing. Like, because he was so sick or whatever, he did this. But then they also tried to say that there was incest involved, like they were sleeping together. The brothers? Yes. Oh. Because they were, they were all bachelors. They lived in this house together their entire lives. They mentioned something about semen being on the pants of some guy. But these, like, you don't understand, like, these people, these brothers, they did not change their clothes, like, maybe every six months. I mean, like, they have townsfolks in there saying, like, they're really – nice boys but you don't want to sit next to them at a restaurant you know so it's like of course there's going to be semen all over the house <laughs> i mean
0: it just happens
1: yeah uh, and also they mentioned that probably they slept in the same beds together one because they'd always done it <laughs> they didn't know you know and also because they had no heat yeah so they needed yeah. to keep warm
0: <laughs> there's semen all over that house
1: oh everywhere oh and they were also like trying to claim that it was like sex gone wrong I mean, they were like, this prosecution seemed pretty
0: yeah. bad. It sounds a lot like uh, the Paradise Lost, all those crazy, you know, Satanist theories. Mm hmm. Um, it's on Netflix.
1: Mm hmm. And the, the medical examiner that was for the prosecution was is the douchiest person. He, I mean, he seems like a character from a TV show or something, he does not seem like a real person. He was the one who said that he was asphyxiated. Because of spots on the lungs, but it could have been other things, but it's probably this. But then they had a, the defense coroner was saying that he died from heart failure. So poor Delbert had to go through a trial. Do you want me to tell you what the trial verdict was? What if you watch the movie now?
0: Oh, was it guilty? No. Was it not guilty? Yes. Oh, okay.
1: At least that's that. He was found not guilty. He was charged with murder in the second degree, and he was found not guilty.
0: I imagine right now Mrs. Peacock on the stand, like with her little T-Rex arms and
1: <laughs> my, <laughs> talking about the, war the My migration. board.
0: <laughs> She'd be a uh, sympathetic witness, I would think.
1: That'd be something else. They'd have to roll her out like Hannibal Lecter, though. That'd <laughs> <Right>. be bad.
0: <laughs> <The> jury screams. <laughs> uh, I would love that. So that'd be, that'd be the second part. It'd be just like a, a, a courtroom procedural home part two. <laughs> yes. And then like maybe the Peacock brothers, like, they're their own attorneys. So they'd like to themselves and they're like, you know, oh, that'd be great.
1: I guess they can't talk.
0: I don't think that. Yeah. Do they ever talk? They kind of grunt. They grunt. Yeah.
1: But is that too, is that a sign of like incest? Or did these genetically altered well, things, I, I mean... to
0: Scala's point is this isn't just no, normal incest. Right. It's like, you know, super generational. Plus, there's this idea of like three three sperm on one egg. Right. You know, it, it's just something else entirely. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. At that point, I guess all the normal... Uh, what's the word? What do you call it? Um,
1: I forgot what we were talking about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Great podcast. <laughs>
1: So Delbert died in 1998, Roscoe died in June of 2007, and Lyman died in August of 2007. So I don't know what happened to their property. I couldn't find any information about that. All right. And so that is the Ward Brothers story. And so you should watch that documentary. I will. It's on Netflix. Well, I'm telling them.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. But you should watch it too. Okay. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It was pretty cool that it was on Netflix. It was right there. And then, of course, go and watch all the Paradise Lost movies. I'm sure they're still on HBO.
0: Yeah. HBO um, Go. Right.
1: <laughs> Sponsor us.
0: Right. <laughs> That'd be great.
1: Reach out to us. Like Chris said, let us know about the racial undertones of the episode of Home. Our Twitter yeah. is at SometimesDead4. Our Instagram is at sometimes dead Podcasts. You can email us at sometimes dead Podcast at gmail.com.
0: Um, and keep in mind, this is not an X-Files podcast, but if Yet. you have other X-Files episodes you want us to talk about, um, I'm all for it, as long as it's not the one about the cats.
1: Although, yes. you know, that
0: would be kind of fun, too. Or space. Oh, God, that's a terrible one.
1: Do we have to do space? Yeah,
0: I, I don't think anyone's going to recommend that we do the space <laughs> episode. But other, any other episodes you like, or maybe even other shows, but honestly, we probably won't respond to that.
1: Lost. <laughs> Lost. I'll do
0: lost. Yeah, uh, yeah, we can do lost. Twin Peaks is up for grabs. Um, Buffy of course. But really let's keep it the X Files. <laughs>
1: Alright. Well thanks and bye. Alright, thank you. Modern house, the buzz fla- the f- buzz flying. What am I saying? What what is this? Buzzy buzz. What are we <laughs> Did I tell that like coherently enough? Yeah. Okay, after we listen to it.